He is risen. He's risen. Everything in our faith depends on this morning. Without exception. Let me read you just two passages from St. Paul here. Quick sentences. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. If for, if for this life only we have hoped in Christ, only in this life, only on this earth, we are of all men most to be pitied. I like that. I like that everything rests and falls, everything depends on whether or not Jesus Christ has been raised. If that's not true, I need a new job. Maybe Taco John's would take me. <laughs> Until they found me sneaking tacos and potato olays. But not just me. If Jesus Christ has not been raised, we all need new lives. Because that reality on which we hope after death that reality on which we hope is false, and it's pointless. Everything rises on and falls on whether or not Jesus actually physically, historically, rose from the dead and dies no more. Everyone, when you read the Gospels, the really, really interesting thing is actually this. The very people who put Jesus to death are the ones who understand that. It's the very people who put Jesus to death. Those are the ones who understand that everything rises and falls on whether or not Jesus has been raised. When you read the Gospels, it's not the disciples who are running around looking for the resurrection. It's not the disciples. They're the ones visiting the grave and doing their death rituals. Ironically, it's the Pharisees the ones who conspired against Jesus. It's the Pharisees who are the first ones to remember what he promised and what he predicted. And so we read in Matthew's gospel, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together with Pilate and said, sir, we remember that when he was still alive, that deceiver, Jesus, said, after three days, I am to rise again. Therefore give orders for the grave to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal him away. Those who were responsible for Jesus' death were the first to remember what Jesus had predicted and to be aware and to be scared of it, to be wary of it. They heeded Jesus' words, even while he was still dead. More than the disciples did, they heeded his words. They sealed the tomb. They put a big rock in front of it. They placed an armed guard to watch a corpse. How ridiculous is that? They hired an armed guard to watch a corpse. That wasn't the disposition of Jesus' own disciples. 
When Mary Magdalene first sees the empty tomb and goes to tell the other disciples, her first response is not decisively. It is decisively not a response of faith. Here's what she says when she goes to tell the other disciples what she's seen. She says, they have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. Doesn't make any sense, sir. And she rationally, rationally, logically assumes what we might have assumed. Someone came and took him. When Peter and John arrive at the gospel, we see something similar. It says, they, Peter and John, did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. Each of these disciples, again and again and again, they all had the evidence before them, but they did not yet understand. They did not yet have faith. No, in the aftermath of the crucifixion, ironically, it was the enemies of Jesus, those who put him to death. They're the ones who first remembered. They're the ones who were wary of the promise of permanent resurrection. But for the disciples, everyone, for the disciples, there was a gap that they hadn't crossed yet. They were stuck in the tragedy. They were stuck in their loss. And they had not yet been moved to faith. Everyone, that sets up the drama of the next few weeks in the Gospels. And it sets up the drama of our own lives as well. The drama of the next few weeks is the disciples being moved across this gap. That's the rest of the story. And it's the story that we all still live. The disciples being moved across that gap from seeing to believing, from being stuck in these like memories in the past and the tragedy to being moved to faith. And they're learning by crossing that gap, they're learning to reinterpret everything in their life. Everything in their experience with Jesus, everything in their friendship with Jesus, they're learning to reinterpret it all, even all of human history and every scripture they've ever read and recognized, they're reinterpreting everything in the light of the resurrection. How do they move across that gap? How do they come to reinterpret everything in that way? The Gospels tell us, the Acts of the Apostles tell us, repeatedly, they move across that gap to faith, from seeing to believing, by being encountered by the risen Lord. That's what's still missing. They see the evidence before them. They still do not believe. They still do not understand. The enemies are more wary. They believe even more. What's missing? How do they move across the gap? Through being encountered by the risen Lord. I trust everyone has had the experience of visiting a cemetery and visiting graves of their loved ones and their friends. I have too with my own family. And it's something that I've always appreciated and treasured, listening to my parents, listening to my grandparents, praying for my loved ones, trading memories, telling stories, reflecting on the past. I'm sure everyone has had that experience of going to a cemetery, 
But how different, how different the experience of the first disciples. They go to the grave of their loved one and, they find, and their friend, and they find it empty. And that leaves them with a task. The work is not yet done. At this point, after finding it empty, after this dramatic experience, an experience much different from our own, after finding it empty, their enemies still believe more than they do. They haven't crossed the gap. The central task of their lives lies before them still. And the central task, the central mission of our life too, to be encountered by the risen Lord. Not by some good teacher. Not by this like wise guy. Not by this like nice guy. Not just this man we had found fond memories of. No, to be encountered by the risen Lord. That was the central task of their life. That's the drama of the rest of the Gospels and the Acts of the Apostles. And may it be the drama of our life too.